Hello everyone and welcome to the Wiki Weekdays podcast. As always, I am your co-host for the week, Lucas Holland, and I am joined by Snoo and Carl Smallwood. That's the one who gets top billing now. I don't even know where it came from. Just <laughs> this stuffed ant, he gets top billing. Let's go. And if anyone can hear my dogs kicking off in the background, apologies, but hopefully they'll calm down soon. The double but, sausage action. You know, we've got a podcast to record and we can't let my dogs bark and get in the way because we'll never record. Imagine a podcast for dogs where it's just two dogs barking at each other for an hour straight. They're all oh, like, like that's dog Joe podcasts. Rogan, <laughs> it is Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're all like podcasts for dogs, but it's like relaxing noises and stuff. It's not hey, people talking. It should be the sound of your post box like rattling. <laughs> just this should be like gate you know, being opened do you know those videos where it's like 10 hours of silence occasionally broken up by an air horn it's that no. it's every now and again it just plays the noise of like <laughs> your post box rattling so your dog just loses his shit i think i saw one where it's like um i can't it was like a noise from mortal Kombat. i think it might have been like the whoopsie yeah whoopsie. Uh, and it was just like occasionally broken up by that i was like okay sure but uh Yes, on the Wiki Week Days podcast, Carl and I both bring a wiki entry for us to go through and read, and your job as the audience is to let us know which wiki won this week, and that Indeed. is which wiki brought the best discussion and not which subject was your favourite. And no one Carl, to that part. I guess it's time to uh, ask you what wiki you brought this week. Well, you said you bring like a Christmas themed one right or is that no no one i'm gonna do this weekend i'm gonna have a christmas related episode but not for the podcast because i don't think this will be december just yet no it'll be like the 29th but what i brought in is just i was thinking like going through my shelf as i often do and i looked at like i'm not sure about yourself lucas but like as a kid did you have to like trade in games to get new games Mm. and you have to like swap them with there's a reason that like my game boy ds like um gamecube collection they're all like 10 games because they were just cycled through all of the time. Yeah, and there's a thing you've tried to do as an adult is like go back and find those games that you remember having a fondness for as a child and just well, now I'm, can't find. I would have done, but because Nintendo games were the one that held the value, Nintendo games were the one I traded in, mm-hmm. and Nintendo games are now super expensive. So it's like, I can't go buy all these GameCube games for like 50 quid just to put on my shelf. Yeah, so I'm not talking about a Nintendo game. I am talking about a PlayStation game that I had a lot of fondness for. And that is the Tenchu series. And oh, did you okay, ever play yeah. Tenchu? Like Tenchu so, Shadow Assassin. I was obsessed with the Tenchu um, PS1 game. And I think I had like a demo, either that or I'd like, you know, rented it and only played the first level over and over and over again. Yeah, so Tenchu is one of those series where it was a PS1 game. It did okay. Then, like, they kind of didn't know what to do with it. Like, they released, like, a bunch of sequels that were terrible. And then mm-hmm. they tried to do the ill-fated PS2 reboot. Yeah. That just killed the franchise. And if people don't know what Tenchu is, it's a shame that it doesn't exist because it was essentially Hitman before Hitman. It was, was Hitman it... with ninjas. Was it really, like... I thought it was just a stealth game, like... But it was a stealth game where your, per- where your mission was to assassinate somebody... Mm. And it had platforming elements. It was Hitman, but you're a ninja and it had platforming. Right, yeah, because all I remember is, like, running around a few rooftops and, like, throwing things at people to kill them and stuff. Like, I don't... You know, again, I played through, like, that first level a lot as a child yeah. when, Throwing you down know, your poison I don't remember rice. much. Throwing down the poison rice. And then the noise <laughs> of them uh, 
Rikamaru's like little like um, shinobi clogs like slapping on the wood, which I always thought was really detailed. But people don't know, Tenchu is an action adventure stealth video game series originally developed by the Japanese developer Acquire, where the player assumes the role of a ninja in 16th century feudal Japan. And that's the thing as well, because is it like Assassin's Creed, where basically for the past 15 years, Assassin's Creed had like the thing on the wall saying, if we start losing money, just make the Japanese one? Well, they're doing that soon, yeah. The, so they've, they've run out of money then in ideas. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, cause people love ninjas. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame like it, this never came back. Like I say, it's a series that I have a lot of fondness for. It was clunky, but it was in that way where you appreciated it because it was like an early 3D action game and it was trying mm-hmm. something new. Because in the era of like the early PS1 days, they said, okay, we're going to make a free-roaming action-adventure stealth game where you control a ninja. That was an interesting premise also just mechanically it was very very like adventurous because 3d action adventure game on a ps1 yeah and like yeah. metal gear solid just about figured it out this one just metal about. gear solid yeah and it's still pretty clunky and it's like yeah this was you know the fun era of like just getting into 3d gaming where the ps1 and the n64 most games were just doing experimental shit to try just, and figure it out. Just figuring stuff out, yeah, but people don't mm-hmm. know. Like, continuing with um, uh, like the intro on Wikipedia here. Um, the title in Japanese literally translates to Divine Retribution, with ten meaning heaven and chu meaning um, death penalty. Another translation of this phrase can be read as Wrath of Heaven, which is the title of the first PlayStation 2 game in the series. And this series was like, you know, it's pretty long-lived, all things considered. Yeah. It started with... Tenshu Stealth Assassins in 1998, and it died with Tenshu Shadow Assassins in 2009, the ill-fated reboot. I was going to say, did they get like a PS3 version out? Because I figured they might have done. They did not. It Surely just... 2009 must have been PS3, though. It was the very end of the PS2 era, which is when it was cheap to develop for it. That's like three years after the PS3 Lucas, came out. They were releasing FIFA games for the PS2 into almost 2020. <laughs> Yeah, because it was close had, to, yeah. Had, and people were wondering, that, is that real? It's like, yes, they had so many PS2s in countries like Brazil, mm-hmm. where the cost of a PS3 was extortionate, so people didn't have them, but millions of people had PS2s. They continued to develop and release FIFA games for the PS2. Likewise with um, Just Dance, right? Just Dance was getting Wii releases up until like 2021, I think. I think the pandemic basically killed Just Dance Wii because so many yeah. people had Wiis and played it exclusively for Just Dance. Yeah, and it was funny because, like, the Wii U version had stopped being developed, but not the Wii version. The Wii was still going, yeah. So the plot, like, the basic plot of the series is, um, uh, the series takes place in 16th century feudal Japan. The story involves stealth assassins. I like that. Just Tenshu stealth. Because, obviously, this is the 90s where people don't really know what ninjas are. Mm. So what are they? They're stealth assassins. And uh, the story revolves around two ninjas. Do you remember the name? I wonder as well. Um, like I know, at least in the UK, there was like a lot of weird censorship around ninjas. So maybe there that was, was indeed yes. Also, part of it is like they're not ninjas; they're stealth assassins because yep. people have really negative associations with ninjas still at this point. So people don't remember, like people don't know what we're talking about here. In the UK, there was a huge pushback against anything related to ninja, like media, and that's because a lot of ninja media utilized um, uh, improvised weaponry, and the worry was is that showcasing this like improvised weaponry might result in kids copying it. So uh, the Ninja Turtles, for example, were censored and Michelangelo couldn't use his nunchucks. 
And they were the, hero turtles. They were the hero turtles, yes, because ninja was deemed to be a word that had too many um, uh, negative and violent connotations. Mm-hmm. And people wondering, like, so they just censored on ninja stuff? So, no, but anything aimed at children. So TV shows and video games especially were heavily censored. Even though I presume Tenchu was probably rated for, like, teens or something. But it, but it was a video game, Lucas. Yeah. So video yeah. games are for children, so maybe they did call it that for those reasons. But... And it involves two ninjas, Rikimaru and Ayame, who are both members of the Azuma ninja clan since childhood. The two ninjas serve the benevolent Lord Goda and work for him as a secret spy to root out corruption and gather intelligence in his province. And basically, like I said, the game, it's just Hitman, but with ninjas, mm. which is such an interesting premise. How has that not come back? Because like, I, don't, yeah. I like the Hitman series, but do you know what I don't like about the Hitman series? Agent 47. And and just like kind of for me, it's just generally the real life, quite like you know, very realistic James Bond esque setting as well. Mm-hmm. Of just, I'm not really that bothered about just going to a city or a racetrack. It's like send me somewhere that's like fantastical. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I've always wondered why Hitman has never done like fuck it, just, like just send Hitman back in time. Like why have they never yeah. done like Wild West Hitman? So I know they do like of... improv Wild West weaponry and stuff. Yeah, like they've done a lot of like um, themed levels, which are always the most fun parts of the Hitman games, right? Like mm. we go to like the fashion show, and one of the things you can do yeah. is walk the runway as Hitman. <laughs> and it's those are the moments that people like the Assassin's Creed series of like mm. I think, and I think they've completely abandoned it now. But like the future storyline being the most boring it's part of not technically abandoned still, but it's still and it's that thing is that they kept. And then the, all the stuff like the Crusaders and all like the weird cult in the background that controls everything. It's like, this is the most boring part of the entire series. Fucking drop it. Just put me back into a historical time period and say, go. Let me yeah. do that. I, I really don't mind like if they want to technically keep it for sake of law, but do what like, you know, Black Flag did where it was like, a five-minute intro of like, hey, we're a game developer, we're putting you in this machine, go away. I will never forget the, I think I've told the story before, the exact moment I stopped playing Origins, because I was like, okay, I've not played an <laughs> Assassin's Creed game in like, ten years. Mm-hmm. Origins looks fun, it's set in Egypt, seems interesting, the character looks cool, the story, like the idea of exploring ancient Egypt, it's a period of history I'm not too familiar with, that sounds awesome. Play for about five, six hours, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm starting to enjoy this, this is getting good then. Do, 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 do. Screen goes to black. Character steps out of the animus and goes, ah, and I just went, turned it off and uninstalled. <laughs> and just went, I don't give a fuck. And I think I found out after the fact what they they know how bad that is because the first thing that happens is they tell you you can get straight back in. Oh, the, right, okay. The instant I saw it, I went, I don't care. Like, Maybe if you're going to... Stop putting this in. Yeah, yeah. I, I would rather them just not have it at all, but it's like... If you're putting something in a game that you're giving as like an option to just skip, maybe it shouldn't be in the game anyway. Yeah, and the, the reason I'm bringing up like Assassin's Creed is because they've done like you know the various historical time periods. But for me, the thing that's always the most interesting is the DLC they do. The DLC is always really fun because I remember the, where it goes like into mythical creatures and shit. Yeah, so I think for and it started with Assassin's Creed Three, which they touted as being historically accurate because they said everyone who you kill in this game it's actually where they died in real life. Mm. And it's like, but I don't care because I'm playing as your made-up OC. Why mm. would I give a fuck? And I think the DLC for number three was you play as like evil George Washington. 
I was going to say, wasn't it like if George Washington became a king instead of a president or something? It's alternate history where King Washington, and it's about trying to assassinate George Washington, who's become the dictator of the United (laughs) States. And I just said, why don't they just make that game? Mm -hmm. And I think for like Assassin's Creed, like Odyssey, again, set in this historical period. Okay, cool, the Spartans. And the DLC is like, okay, there's Hydras and stuff. It's God of War now. Why was that not the base game? Then the Viking one, again. And I remember my mate saying he bought it. I was like, is it any good? He went, mate, there's a mission about going to Doncaster. I just turned it off. <laughs> it's like, one of the missions is, go to Doncaster. Like, Why would I do this? And then the DLC for that was, like, the Valkyries and shit turn. I was like, why is oh. that not the base game? Yeah, and it's, I think they did the same with the Origins, where, like, uh, you fight, like, Anubis and all that. Anubis and turns like, up in the DLC, yeah. And it's like, why is this not the base game? All I of played. that sounds so much more cool. It's like, Joey, they did the Far Cry. Do you ever see that list of Far Cry games they were trying to pitch of after they did Far Cry 4 and it kind of shit the bed? Mm. They put out a bunch of, like, a thing like, okay, what Far Cry game do you want to see next? You know, I'll, I'll find it. Um, oh, the survey to the fans, yeah. yeah. And, and then it was that. like, I, I guess we'll put it in America. And it's like, thanks, Far Cry 5. Jeez, Jesus. <sighs> yeah, so, like, people don't know, like, the Far Cry is similar where Far Cry, all the DLC for their games is always, like, a million times better than their games. It's, it's fun. And like they Blood s- Dragon. Yeah. Blood Dragon, yeah. And they said, like, after the release of Far Cry 4, and it kind of sucked ass, went, okay, we're going to do a survey of what game do players want to see next. And they said, and here are the lists, there's the, the selection they offered. A Far Cry game set in the remote Alaska about surviving in the extreme wilderness. So that's my more Far Cry, the most Far Cry thing there, isn't it? Yeah. A Far Cry game set in a futuristic sci-fi setting on another planet. A Far Cry game set in the Vietnam War during the 1960s. A Far Cry game set in the cocaine trafficking jungles of Peru. And then we start to get this one. A Far Cry game where you can fight against or join vampires. <laughs> so, a Far Cry game in a spaghetti western style set in the 19th century Americas. A Far Cry game set during a zombie outbreak. Blood Dragon 2 with more yeah. Rex Power Cult. A Far Cry game set in a Mad Max style post-apocalyptic world. A Far Cry game set in the present day, but in a Jurassic Park-style island of dinosaurs. <laughs> and then finally, a Far Cry game based on the world of Shangri-La from Far Cry 4. It's like weird drug-induced magic land. Oh, yes, of course, yeah. And what they made is Far Cry 5, where you ro- drive around America in a Jeep and shoot people. And it's like, <laughs> who gives a fuck? <laughs> And I think, like, the Hitman games are the same way of, like, every time they do something fun, like, oh, you're at a fashion show and Agent 47 can just strut down the catwalk. And it's like, mm-hmm. and now go to Paris and just shoot Sean Bean. It's like, I can see Sean Bean dying everything <laughs> I watch him in. Send Hitman into space. Set a mission on the International Space Station. Oh, yeah. That'd or something cool. like that. And they, they see, like, and they only want to do is fun ideas for DLC. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think bring Tenchu back. And I would hope that, you know, just staying with Hitman for a second, mm-hmm. I would hope that they embrace, because if anyone doesn't know, they're now developing a James Bond game, which makes perfect sense. But Basically, like, Hitman is a James Bond game at this point, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, with and all the gadgets and stuff. I just want them to embrace the stupid, older side of James yeah. Bond. I, I don't Do- want Daniel Craig James Bond. I yeah. want Hitman or like James Bond to have like a, a watch laser. Yes, yeah. And that's like, take advantage of that part of the IP, because... Otherwise, it's just man with gun. 
Yeah, which we've got a hundred games, and that's why I said like the thing about uh, like Assassin's Creed of. Well, do you want to just go to this historical location and run around and stab people? It's like, well, I've done that five times already. <laughs> Can I not just play like alternate history George Washington murder mm-hmm. simulator? Like, play as the founding fathers and we're all secretly ninjas? <laughs> or like, put vamp- I want to play like, a vampire Wild West game with the fa- like that engine. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, the Assassin's Creed engine is great, but the games mm-hmm. are so boring. Yeah. Like, the Ubisoft, like the Far Cry engine is really fun. That's why Blood Dragon was such a good laugh. Because it's just slap a futuristic sci-fi synthwave skin over it. And it's a mm-hmm. huge bunch of fun. Yeah, it is. And it's funny because, like, Assassin's Creed, as you say, broke, like, the emergency box and are doing the ninja game. But also, they've also done, t- like, this year, they released Assassin's Creed 1, the video game, and just, like, essentially redid Assassin's Creed 1. Yeah, and you know as well the ninja one. It's, like, it's not really fun anymore because we've already had, like, Sekiro and um, yeah. uh, Ghost of Tsushima. So the one thing they could have done to actually stand out in the industry has already been done. So do you know what they should do? Assassin's Creed zombies. Or Assassin's Creed and make you a vampire. They're doing one which is like, I can't remember, it might be like Hexen or something like that, which is uh, around the Salem witches. And I'm like, if it's that's actually cool. witch powers, that's going to be cool. Yeah. Like, just give me an Assassin's Creed game where I play as a vampire. Mm. Um, but, you know, bring it back to, you know, Tenchu. So if you're so... The game perspective is in third person. There are numerous items to help the ninja on his or her mission, but unlockable items can be acquired if the player gets a Grandmaster rating at the end of a level by being as stealthy as possible. And that like, adds to the replayability, because every time you do it in the Grandmaster style, they give you a new weapon to use. Mm. And I remember like one of the best items is like, just poison rice. And it's, like, <laughs> just throwing poison rice everywhere, and you get people to eat the poison rice and sneak down and get them. Like that's that's the question. Is I didn't question it when I was playing the game as a kid, but who's like getting rice thrown at them from a ceiling and going, "Ooh, rice on the floor." Right. Metal Gear Solid people eat stuff that you throw at them. Yeah, it's it's fun video game mechanics, but when you think about it, it's like, why are they eating rice off the floor? Yeah, and here's the thing as well. Like the game is Metal Gear Solid crossed with Hitman. That sounds like a with ninjas. Mm. What a winning formula that is, and it just <laughs> it died such a. A disappointing death. Enemies can be killed with one maneuver using stealth kills, and a player can avoid detection by using the key meter. So you've got magic as well. Uh, if a player is spotted, the key meter will turn red, and the enemy will alert everyone in the area. And the player is forced to fight hand to hand or hide somewhere till the enemy give up their search and they, you know, become the ninja. And the See, characters. I... Ooh. Ooh. No, go on, yeah. I went to make a point, and then my throat was like, "No, you need to cough." Yeah. Um. So, I obviously didn't play very far into the game, and I don't. Re- I didn't realize that it was magic. Is it like just ninja magic, like yeah. full on magic, or is it just oh, you could like go invisible? It's ninja magic, and as the games right. went on, they added more and more dumb stuff, including more characters. But the main characters are um, Riki Maru, a tall, white-haired shinobi with a single ninjato, and Ayame. And Ayame is like the female ninja, the Kunochi, where she's basically Kunimitsu, and she's like she's fast and she's quick. But she's like weak and not strong. It's like Ricky Maru can like jump higher and stuff like that. So it's how you play as the slow, strong one or the fast one. And it's like, well, if I'm playing as a ninja, I want to play as the fast one. <laughs> and this is like a thing as well. She had a really great design. Very basic, but you kind of get away with it in that era. Yeah, of course. With the PS1, they can't do too much with the uh, character designs. You want to keep it simple, which, you know, when we were talking about like Tekken the other week, it's like maybe yeah. to the benefit a lot of the time. <laughs> But if you have a look but, at the design, um, I just send you a picture on Discord, like, pretty basic design, but, you know, it's a cool character. 
Bring it back. Oh yeah, that's a cool character design, yeah. Yeah, bring it back. Just like very basic right. ninja, but there's enough going very, on there, um, ways. I was going to say very cool and progressive for like a 90s game. Not many gave you the option to play as a female character. I think this Even to heel. this day. Yeah, I think this was on the heel. And she's, well, she's just as important. Like, you get different mm. story based on who you play as. And those uh, those cutscenes, I have seen a few of them. They are pretty legendary as far as cutscenes go. Which ones? The Just the, the Tenchu PS1 like cutscenes. Oh, yeah. Just like well, how was... bad the voice acting and stuff is. Because it was a Japanese game with English dubbing voice acting, which is terrible. But Lucas, <laughs> we had. So the thing is, though, this was a series that was built to last. Because we had, mm. in 1998, we had Tenchu Stealth Assassins. Then we had a two-year gap, 2000. Tenchu 2, Birth of the Stealth Assassins. Okay. So that was like the prequel. Mm-hmm. And then we had 2003, Tenchu The Wrath of Heavens. 2004, Tenchu Fatal Shadows. 2005, Tenchu Time of the Assassins. 2006, Tenchu Dark Secret and Tenchu Z. Then a one-year gap in 2008, Tenchu, um, Tenchu Shadow Assault. No, uh, Tenshu Shadow Assassins and Shadow Assault Tenshu. And, and it died. I think by the time it got to like Tenshu Z, those games were getting rated like 3 out of 10. Well, I have. The first one, Stealth Assassins, got 87. And then they get, it goes 87, Tenshu 2, 77, Tenshu Wrath of Heaven, 79, Tenshu Fatal Shadows, 58, Tenshu Time of the Assassins, 51, Tenshu Dark Secret, <laughs> 37 on Metacritic. <laughs> well, then, then they started to bring it back a little bit. Tenshu Z got 56. Tenshu okay. Shadow Assault got 46. Tenshu Shadow Assassins got 70. I and like how bringing it back is like it just scrapes a 7 out of 10. <laughs> and it says that Tenshu Z and Tenshu Shadow Assault were on Xbox 360. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. So they must have been just in that era. And the final game, Tenshu Shadow Assassins, was a Wii exclusive, but also had a PSP port. Oh, that's that's a, it's a weird combo that does make sense because they were they're the both same, and they're both roughly the same power, which is weird. Yeah, to think. like PSP's kind of emulating a PS2, whereas he's a little bit more powerful on a PS2, but it's kind of close enough. But are you ready though for why I think it should come back? Why Tenshu needs to come back? Well, I just remember when people thought it was because Sekiro trailer came out and they like didn't give it a name till the very end, and people were, like, "Is this Tenshu?" Well, there might be a reason for that, Luke, because Activision purchased the rights to the game from Sony Music Entertainment, who originally published the game in Japan. However, Activision sold the rights to the Japanese game publisher From Software. Mm-hmm. From Software owned Tenshu! Like, they made Sekiro, they could have just called it Tenshu. They could have done, but they didn't. And I think people look at Sekiro as like a spiritual success. Sekiro is mm. not really a Tenshu game, because it's not, the focus no. isn't on stealth. So I get no, why they it's... didn't. It's very much like a Souls action game with that kind of, you know, setting mm-hmm. slapped over it. But, um, you know, I just, oh, I, I really wish we could get a Tenchu game that is, as you say, like a Tenchu game where... Just Hitman with Ninjas. Hitman, Hitman with, with ninjas. ninjas. Because Ghost of Tsushima, you got that setting, but it was, you know, way more kind of... Samurai. You know, a more traditional, samurai than ninja, yeah. Yeah, it was Samurai more than Ninjas, and it was kind of... In the same vein as a lot of the other PS uh, PlayStation exclusives of like you know the third person like action game um, with heavy basis on story and stuff, it's like Tenchu was a little bit different than that. But mm. yeah, I just I'd I'd really like to see the the series return, and it is great that we've got Sakura and Ghost Tsushima for like 
great games in that setting. Yeah, and you want to know one of the funny things about Tenchu as well? Again, I'm saying like it kind of like was really pushing the boundaries of what the PlayStation could do. There is an additional Japanese exclusive release for Tenchu on the PlayStation 1. 100 no. of the best competing levels designed with the level editor of Tenchu Shinobi Gaisen, an expanded version of Tenchu only released in Japan, and that were combined together to form a standalone, non-story-based expansion called Tenchu Shinobi Haiku Ensen. So basically, so, they released like a remix of a hundred, like giant monkey ball style, of like time trials for the, the games. Yeah, it's similar to like the uh, Metal Gear VR missions, right? Yep. Where it's like, Again, screw but, it, here's just missions, just go. And Tenchu did it first. Mm. That's the thing. It was Ninja, Hitman, Metal Gear Solid. And they just did nothing with it. Like, there was a level editor as well. Like, what the fuck? One of the best things about Tenchu was the debug menu. Because it was one of those early PS1 games where you had the cheats. And the cheats had the debug menu, which just let you gain access to every item in the game. (laughs) But also, it just let you play as any character. So you could run around the level as a bear. And I remember oh, running around so, as a bear, yeah. throwing ninja stars. It's like, <laughs> what do you do? This truly the ultimate assassin. Just bear with ninja stars. I, I love games where they're like, fuck it, you can play as any character model. Like, whether it makes sense or not, you can just play as a character model that doesn't fit the yeah. skeleton right and it all gets messy. And like I said, they had an ex- a Japan-exclusive level editor and released a standalone remix of 100 levels for those Tenchu diehards. And that was in the PS1 days. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, and just they never did anything with it. Like I said, From Software technically own it. I can't see anything here that doesn't suggest that From Software don't still own it. And they even mentioned that Sekiro was originally envisioned as a return to the Tenchu franchise. But they changed it based on just when they were making the game. They were like, okay, this is kind of not what the series is. Let's just make it its own thing. And like that's the kind of sad part is that now if From Software release a Tenchu game, then everyone's going to be upset that it's not a Sekiro game. It's, no, yeah. Yeah, so I can't can't imagine it being released anytime soon because again, just people will be upset that they haven't got another Sekiro and unless you develop like Sekiro and Tenchu side by side and release them and there's no close reason to one to, another, but then there's no reason to do that. They're basically just yeah. eating each other's dinner at that point, and it's a shame. That's it. It's a shame that Tenchu will just probably just live on as a memory. Hmm. And like I said, for me, it was a core memory because a friend of mine had it and we just spent so much time at his house trying to get past, like, the last level where it's, like, just assassinate the warlord. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's me trying to get past the first level, like, Ugh. We had the cheats, though, so we were, like, throwing <clears throat> poison rice everywhere. We just, yeah, a shame, um, we'll never get that. I got really excited for a minute because, like, I'd forgotten that um, From, Soft- From Software actually owned the license and you mentioned Activision. I was like, oh, Xbox have just, like, acquired Activision. Maybe they could go back and make attention. It's like, it's just probably lost in From Software now because Sekiro was too good. Mm-hmm. You, know you can tell as well. You can tell like the series of the games. Like the first one, just obviously, it just says Tenchu on it, and it's like, yeah, Tenchu stealth assassins. But every single game just has um, uh, Riki Mara on the front. Oh. Just like you know the the white guy with the no, he's the white haired ninja guy. But Ayami is such a way, such a cooler character. She's so much more rad. And, I, like, you know, I agree. And I wish, you know, that character would be on the box instead. But for some reason, there's still that, like, thing of either the perception or the 
the sales figures that say that putting a man on the box will do better for your game. Like Riki Maru is literally on the cover of every single one. Mm-hmm. There's not a single one that has. Oh wait, she's on Shadow Assault. Shadow Assault Tenshu. She's on the front cover of that, but she's behind um, uh, Riki Maru. Oh, of course, yeah. It's like she can be on the box art if she's like the secondary character. Yeah, even though like she's the one I always play. That's because she can run faster. Mm-hmm. She can she can run faster and she can do like multiple hits. Yeah, right, that's, yeah. that's that's that is, that's a deep pull from well within the recesses of my brain. <laughs> do you know what was awesome? Ten shoe. Yeah, and that's think those first couple of games were awesome. They were really good. Yeah, they were. It's just a shame that series will never come back and just. Please, people making video games. I, I think it just happened with Call of Duty. I joke Modern Warfare 3 just came out and everyone was like, this shit sucks, it's DLC mm. and it's terrible. And then yeah. like, they've said, but don't worry, the next one, because we heard with the next Call of Duty game set, Lucas. Is, is it going to be like fucking Black Ops 5? It's the Gulf War. I can't wait to commit those war crimes. <laughs> and it's like, the, the point I always make with like Call of Duty is, of how, like, I think the phrase allergic to being interesting is often used against like you know those modern franchises and series that are just they have to just give people exactly what they've had before otherwise they'll moan but then they'll moan that it's the same but they can't change the it thing much. is i'm pretty sure that um when they did like ghosts advanced warfare and infinite warfare they were like the three worst selling ones so and they're the ones that everyone always looks back on us joe was really interested advanced warfare because you had laser guns and jumpsuits it's like then why yeah. did you bitch about it every day <laughs> I think what's most emblematic of like that aversion to doing anything interesting is, do you remember like, the World War II one came out and they put in Nazi zombies and everyone's like, hey, this Nazi zombie mode is actually pretty fun. And that became mm-hmm. like a, a basically a mini series unto itself where like Nazi zombies got its own like storyline and there were rumors that they were going to yeah. make a full on Nazi zombie game, but they never did. Yeah, it's kind of like it was the third pillar of Call of Duty at the time, and now obviously they've got Warzone as well. Yeah, an idea they had for a while was, well, in the the games in the past, we'll do Nazi zombies, and in the modern ones, we'll do alien terrorists. Oh, okay. And as of Modern Warfare 3, they've actually put that in, but they've not called it alien terrorists. Oh. Yeah. Right, okay. And it's I just, mean... give me a Call of Duty game when I'm fighting aliens, and give me alien guns. Yeah. <laughs> Because the, the, the game's already got, like, Homelander <laughs> fighting Nicki Minaj. They clearly don't give a shit about realism anymore. Does it? Yeah, the, the multiplayer has Homelander, um, Nicki Minaj, um, Skeletor, Spawn. So it's like mini Fortnite in there. Basically. And it's, it's that thing. If you're going to put all that shit in, why not just make me fight aliens and give me alien guns? Mm-hmm. That's the, the, and again, like, similar to like, the Assassin's Creed thing and the Hitman thing. The core gameplay is really good. That run and gun gameplay yep. of Call of Duty is real good. And that's the Give thing is alien maybe gun. if people are confused watching this of like, well, why do you want, you know, Assassin's Creed to do this interesting thing when we've got a game in that setting already? It's like because the fundamental mechanics of these games are really polished and defined. And because they've had twenty years of making them. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, Hitman, Assassin's Creed. Um, Far Cry, Call of Duty, the gameplay is very solid in all of those games. Like the foundations are there. Yeah, because someone's probably gonna say, well, there is like a game where you fight like aliens in first person. It's like, but mm. does it play like Call of Duty? And will it have the budget and the push that Call of Duty gets? No. Yeah, and it's you know, similar to sometimes you know, as a Destiny 2 player, I'm in and out of Destiny, depending on 
how the game's going at the time, but I always come back to Destiny because the gunplay is so good. Like, exactly, and that's the thing. It feels so good to play. Just give me laser guns in Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Not who plays a vampire in Assassin's Creed, but they won't because if they started putting that stuff in, people would moan, even though it would be way more interesting because what, what, we're on to our, like, within the last 10 years, we've had five Call of Duty games set within the same conflict. Would you Using like the same guns? to go back to World War Two and get boots on the ground, Carl? It's like, no, stop putting back no, in World I, War II. I wanted to make a Call of Duty game and say it's set in World War Four. Like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. and just skip World War Three. Just say we're in World yeah. War Four. And like, or a Call of yeah, Duty game fact... where they go all the way back in the past and it's cowboy times. And make the cowboys versus aliens. Fucking nineteen years, we've had what modern warfare one, two, and three twice. Yep. It's like, yeah, just come on. Just, just put can... an alien in there. Just one. And <laughs> just the one. And then put it into like the, the spec ops mode. It's like, mm. just put that in the main game. Like they already had like Godzilla and King Kong turn up in Warzone. And then, oh, they, shit. And then for Halloween one year, they had like a, a mode where it is you play as a zombie who can jump like 300 feet into the air. And, it, and um, I remember that's the only yeah. time I booted up Warzone because you just got to run around as a zombie and jump around the map. And fly through windows and stuff. And then they took it out and went, okay, now back to just everyone camping with sniper rifles that are bright pink, calling you like racial slurs. When this is, this sucks. Yeah. Give me an alien. And that's the thing is, what they'll see from all of those like peaks in people is, oh, doing crossovers with IP, that's what people want. It's like, maybe a lot of people just want something interesting and different. Never the lesson they'll learn. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, "Hey, we tried one interesting game and it didn't sell that well. That, that, that well, let's just never try that again, shall we?" Yeah, we did an interesting thing. We didn't push. We didn't give it the budget. We didn't market it because we like our executives thought it wouldn't work, so we didn't market it, and it didn't do very well. So we're going to blame that on the audience. It's like, no, <laughs> you didn't market it, dickheads. You can yeah. sell glorified DLC in Modern Warfare Three and get it to be one of the most played games in the world. Despite overwhelming negative reception, you can sell anything. Put a couple aliens in there. Yeah. Just give me an alien gun, please. You can even you can please. play. You can you can play like an, and that's the thing as well. Because if you play the game and you, all the shit they you can download, it's like download the kawaii, like um, uh, uwu laser beam gun that turns people into a cloud of fucking anime girl titties. And it's like how is that any different <laughs> from just putting a fucking laser gun in it from the start? <laughs> What they should do is make it all the laser guns and then put the real guns in as DLC for the weirdos who want to, like... Because I think they call make... them the Mill Sims. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Just and... uh, make Modern Warfare 4, but make that the DLC. Mm-hmm. And make, just make, the make DLC all the, the crazy shit stuff. the base game. Yeah. But I think the funniest one is, though, is, like, if you go on, like, the mod... So I always have to check, are the servers down? Or is it just that, like, you know, just Call of Duty is just shit right now? Go to the Modern Warfare, like, subreddit. And there's people on there, look, I made this gun from a movie. Like the, the gun that, like, John Wick uses to shoot people. I made it, look, look, I made it in Call of Duty. And it's for those people. Just give them that. Just give mm. them the maker gun mode. Because most of those people are shit at the game anyway. Let me go <laughs> fight some aliens. <laughs> Just put more aliens in more games. Like, uh, but yeah, that's uh, Tenchu. I like how Tenchu got us to, to to the line of put more aliens in video games. I just wanted to use it like you know when games had interesting. Yeah. I, they weren't afraid to take that risk. 
Mm-hmm. Like, if you'd pitch that game back then, like, you could pitch anything back then. Mm-hmm. Like, I think an example is that Medieval. Okay, it's a game where you play as a one-eyed skeleton <laughs> who's a fucking coward. And he's yeah. a platformer. And like, what? And you can, like, bowl his head around like a bowling ball. And like, cool, sick. Here's a million dollars. Go make it. I love the idea of the Daniel Fortescue. It's, it's Daniel like, Fortescue's a legend. Oh. Who do you play as? Oh, you play as the guy that like immediately died in battle. Yeah, you, you, you play as a huge bitch coward. It's like finally a character <laughs> for me. I feel so seen by this character. Oh, yeah, that's my entry. What have Excellent. you brought Um. Well, after we take a break, I yes. will be back with my wiki. But I will be bringing, hopefully, some weird things that got put into video games. Nice. We always inadvertently end up on like some sort of cohesive <laughs> theme. I don't know how we do it. I don't so, know. Like we we don't plan these kind of episodes. Up. Just we we seem to be on that that wavelength. But yes, oh, we'll be back in a few moments. So we've returned, Lucas, and before we get into your wiki entry, some housekeeping, which of course is usually just hey, we we both have Twitchers. You can watch us on the Twitchers. <laughs> Mine is twitch.tv forward slash Carlswood. That is Cal with a K. A-R-L-S-W-O-O-D. Carl's Wood. Which people love pointing out to me. Do you know that sounds rude? It's like, yeah, it's my name. <laughs> They'll never stop cracking me up that people don't think Small was my real name. Speaking of which, I also present over on um, uh, Top 10's Biographics and Geographics where there's like a small but dedicated subset of people who are like, why does this guy not have such a weird fake name online? As if, uh, if I was going to have a fake name, why would I not pick a better fake name? Mm-hmm. Why would I yeah. pick one which people are always just going to go, <laughs> sounds like you got a small dick, and he goes, Yo, it doesn't sound like I got a like, No, I'm not even going to do the joke, can't be asked. But Why also, would you not just call yourself like Hank Scorpio? Yeah, or like Dick Hammerbush, or something like that, <laughs> which is a John Cena joke. John Cena's name is also just his real name, John Cena, mm-hmm. which sounds way cooler than mine. But then also you can follow Lucas on twitch.tv forward slash Legend of Canto, which is also your screen name and all your profiles, yes. Your ex no, it depends which one. Some of them are Canto <laughs> Legend underscore because I couldn't get Legend of Canto. But yes, um, you can follow me on all of the you know those lovely things from the description of the video. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just you know, I'll plug what I'm playing. I guess so. Just doing like Mass Effect Two on Mondays with Carl. On Tuesdays, I'm doing um, what are we doing at the moment? We're doing a link to the past for Tunic Tuesdays, and I'm doing a Pokemon X Nuzlocke run. For Thunderbolt Thursday. See, the guy who called it a link to the past is like, ah. He's like, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> he thought he was so clever when he thought of that, didn't well, he? I believe that, like, that's the reason that um, Link is called Link, is because he was meant to be the link, a link okay. between past and present, or past and um, the future and the present, or something like that. And Zelda's called Zelda because she's the legend. Well, Zelda's called Zelda because she's named after Zelda Fitzgerald. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was this like, straight like this Japanese game named after like Zelda Fitzgerald? She was like the singer, right? Or was that Ella Fitzgerald? No, uh, I'm thinking of it's Scott F. Scott F. Fitzgerald or whatever. Like um, his oh, wife. his wife. Okay, yeah, Zelda. You say it's uh, the novelist and painter. I think even Ella Fitzgerald, the singer. Oh right, <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's that's for anyone curious. That's where apparently Zelda came from. But um... it, it, it sounds like such a video game slash high fantasy name. When you hear yeah. people like actually had that name. <laughs> it's a cool name. It is. It's a great name. It's like meeting someone called like Gandalf, wasn't it? Oh, and they're not God. named after the books. It's just their name's yeah. Gandalf. 
like Gandalf in the books is named after them. Oh, but we are talking about video games, and maybe Link will come up in this because we are talking Nintendo cards. Okay, what are we talking about? Um, we are going to the Wikipedia article of a list of Nintendo DS accessories, and I'm just there hoping because I'm aware. Yeah, I'm aware of like a few of them, and I'm just hoping like we get a little bit weird with it. Yeah, because ex- so by accessories you'll mean things like I guess like the Guitar Hero edition, like the Guitar Hero on your DS. Essentially, that's the reason why I wanted to bring this up because that, that was the one I had in mind, and mm-hmm. I was like, I wonder what other shit they did with this. Yeah, so um, I guess before we get into that, do you have like a favorite accessory that you happen to own? Because I do behind me, but you can't really see it. If I move to the side, you can see that. I the have, Super Scope. I have the Nintendo Super Scope, yes, which is one from Japan. I had the original mm. one, but my dad threw it away because he didn't realize how much it was worth. And we had it in the box <laughs> as well, which is annoying. And it worked. So my ex-girlfriend on a trip to Japan bought me one for my uh, 30th birthday because she knew how much I missed having it. And it's unfortunately it doesn't work with my current SNES because um, the right. different power, whatever it is that's inside the SNES means accessories from Japan don't work. But it's nice to own basically exactly. a yeah. mint condition Nintendo Super Scope. Um, I mean... One of mine, just out of the fact that, like, it's such a weird pull, is the fact that I've got, like, the Rock Band 3 stuff. So I've got, like, the key, the keyboard, keytar thing, and I've got the the Pro Guitar, which... Um... Oh, is that the one where they try to make, like, Rocksmith or something like that? Yeah. Where it has, like... Because there's that weird period where... Cause I don't think I ever there's met... just a... a normal one that's just attacking me. Because I never met a single person who, like thoughts that playing guitar here would make you be good at guitar that was always a thing that asshole said wasn't it of like well it's not a real guitar and i went i know oh this is a bad idea yeah. it's like so this thing that was sitting out right next to me where every single button is like meant to emulate a different string on a different fret of a guitar and then like it was, even a, it was such a bad idea because the no... bottom bit had like the six strings as well and it was literally meant to teach you guitar and then one of my friends who knew guitar came round and was like, oh, okay, I'll play a song that I know, and it was different from the song in real life. I was like, what's the point then? Mm-hmm. And it's like, nobody ever thought that, but like there was always those assholes, like, you know you could learn to play real drums. It's like, I'm not playing this, or not a drum, because drums does, the drum one is a bit more one-to-one. A, a little bit more one-to-one, yeah. But the guitar was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to go out on stage and just shred, like, master of puppets, but it's... For half an hour, I feel like I can. And that's what a video yes. game is. It's no a one... power fantasy. Like that's what it is. Like, Guitar Hero and Rock Band, they are power fantasies of like, well, I can't go out and like play an actual instrument to an actual crowd. But you know what I can do? I can like, I can pretend that I am in my brain while pressing five buttons and having a laugh. Yeah, but they always have those weirdos of like, well, I can play a real guitar. It's like, well done you, but can you play a plastic one? It's like, can you beat me on Through the Fire and Flames? Oh, on Guitar Hero. And it's like, the, the zero amount of your skill playing guitar will help you out here. As we know from the fact that Herman Lee, the guy who wrote the song, can't play it. <laughs> oh, remember we did that like Guitar Hero event? And that guy mm. came in who was really good. And he did nothing but moan the entire time. And like, oh. the TV's not calibrated properly, otherwise I'd be really good. And we just went, mate, go sit down. It's, it's like, like we're no meant to be cares. having fun at a bar and having a few drinks and playing some rock band and having fun. It's like, come on. 
But yeah, I'm now just awkwardly sitting here with this guitar because I don't want to like make any more horrible noise. I do apologize for all that clattering around. I'll grab mine. Mine's out of tune as fuck. I've not played this in ages. This is how out of tune this bastard is. Ooh, that's bad. The funny thing is, I can't hear a thing oh, because can, of you? Discord. I'll put it away. So everyone else can hear what happened, but I'm just like, yeah, that sounds yeah, great, Carl. That shit's out of tune as fuck, because I played my other one. Oh, but dear, yeah, like, the list of uh, Nintendo DS accessories will hopefully get as weird as, like, some of those things, if not weirder, but I do love the idea that, like, just for that one period of time... Because the DS, they sold like, so many DSs, didn't they? Well, I was going to say the rock band were like, we're going to teach you how to play guitar by getting the notes wrong on the songs. The only thing I want to know is how to play the bongos, and Nintendo already taught me that. (laughs) DK taught me the way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I was hoping, like, you know, maybe if people like this list, if we can find some interesting stuff, maybe I'll think about, like, another system that has some weird DS, like, you know. It'll be the PS2, Maybe the right? 3DS or the, the Wii or PlayStation oh, 2 Wii or something. probably had loads. Yeah. Do you remember the Wii sketch pad? Yeah. It was the one way it tried to teach you how to draw, and it was basically just a tablet that didn't work. <laughs> and they apparently... I remember there was, like... Was it, like, the Ubisoft... Or THQ went under because they tried to like. It's like we can draw. It's like you draw or something like that. You draw, I think it was called. Yeah, and, and they it's like, went so hard on they that. They went bankrupt on the bet of that working because out. They, or something. they were planning. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was for the Wii U, maybe. I, it can't have been. No one's putting the money on the Wii U. Surely. Let's find out. I'll, while you go, go through the list, and I'll find out details about the U draw. Lucas, um, it was so, for the Wii U. Oh my god, no! Oh. <laughs> Because I was like, you draw Wii U, that makes sense, but like, it doesn't ever make sense to bet on the Wii U, which that'll end up in bankruptcy. Lucas, you can get it on. You can get it for three quid. Yeah, it's three quid on eBay! I'm tempted to get a U draw so that the next time you ask me, like, what's the weirdest accessory you own? I so could be people, like, like, I own a U draw. The U draw for the Wii U put, it put them out of business because apparently yes. they sold a lot for the Wii, and the Wii sold like 200 million fucking copies. So just yeah, imagine, like the, the Wii, the Wii for context sold like I think it was like a hundred and ten, hundred and twenty million, some crazy amount of installs. And yeah. the Wii U sold thirteen million. Yeah, and so like a, a tenth of the user base to buy these things. And you can't blame them, can you? Like the previous one had like this install rate of hundred million people. If we can capture one percent of that market, that's a million things sold. And the funny just, thing is, Nintendo could barely capture 1% of the market. Yeah, and they basically went all in for the Wii U version, thinking, oh. even though the Wii U had a touch screen, so, It was a tablet-based device. So you didn't need the addition, and they put all their money into it, and they went fucking bankrupt. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Tell me about some... Uh, so, the quid. accessories for the Nintendo DS often came in two forms... Those that worked with slot 1 as a regular DS cartridge, and those that worked in slot 2 for Game Boy Advance cartridges, known as a DS option pack. Um, When you think about it, though, that's actually a pretty impressive piece of kit, isn't it? There's two separate options for the thing. Yeah, the the fact that they can have both cartridge slots working simultaneously together is a really cool idea. And then it did also lead to that weird thing of, like, if you bought a DSi... The DSi didn't have the GBA slot, mm-hmm. so there was just 
you were done. You couldn't use any of these accessories if you like upgraded. Which is so weird to think with Nintendo, considering like you can st- can you still use Wii controllers on Switches? No. Or, no. or they finally said you can't use them, but you can use GameCube controllers, right? Only through like the special Smash Bros. adapter that yeah. they made. Yeah. Um, so that's a weird like thing of just because Smash Bros. fans are weird and won't let Melee go, yeah. you can use the GameCube pad. And I say that as a person who's got the GameCube adapter next to me as one of those weird Smash Bros. people. Yeah. Um, Tell me more about these DS things. Though, but that... yeah, like the um, DS option pack when inserted into the DS or DS Lite system's um, main menu. Oh, it was a, it read as a DS option pack when inserted into that. Um, when inserted, it would show the text. There is a DS option pack inserted. With the exception of any DS GBA connectivity accessories, such as Boktai Solar Sensors and Lunar Nights. Yeah, I remember, that was like a weird thing as well. Like, I remember Boktai being a thing, like you had to play it in the day because it was like. Really? Yeah, it's, you, they, the, the gimmick with that is you need a light. Wow. It was like yeah, some I, vampire this thing. This is where I'm hopefully getting into like how yeah. weird this shit can and get. You had to play it outside to charge it up to charge your thing, but the problem was but they didn't have no backlight or the backlight was shit. So you try and play it outside, mm. you couldn't fucking see. <laughs> oh no, I love this. Like, we go through a couple straight away, and it's like pretty bonk standard stuff of like mm. headset, a web browser. Oh yeah, because you had to you had to plug in a cartridge for the web browser because it was on the DS. Mate, they used to do Netflix on that. Remember that? You could watch yeah, Netflix but that was on like the on the on the 3DS, I think it was, mm. where you had like netflix as a downloadable app but Mm. it's like the fact that the web browser was a separate um yeah it was a separate game that you had to buy for three thousand eight hundred yen approximately 33 american dollars to play the internet on your thing to to use the internet on your ds um and then there's a memory expansion pack um that just oh wow okay it's a 8 megabyte RAM option pack, which is required for a browser to run. Oh, just give you like a bit more oomph so you can actually run the yeah, internet. Yeah, and, and it's not so. used by any other commercial software, but some homebrew applications, of course, use it. I imagine, yeah. Um, <laughs> this face... facening scan? Is that for that game where you could take pictures of your own face and put them into games? No, because that was like um, the 3DS. Okay. Had like that weird um that yeah as you say it took a picture of your face and, like put it on little targets and you shoot the targets flying around your room yeah i remember because there's all those videos of people doing like osama bin laden and stuff oh god was like, why is this an option <laughs> of course um the facening scan that's one word is a camera option pack that plugs into the gba slot of the ds it's only compatible with two games face training face training oh so is that, like, is that like an exercise thing of like <laughs> it just says a game exclusive to japan which gives the player a view of their face as they use the game <laughs> why is it for sh- early streaming i guess <laughs> <laughs> and um then also uh shiseido beauty solution kaihatsu center country project beauty Another Japan exclusive game by Sega. That I would have never guessed that. Attachment. I would have never fucking guessed. <laughs> what name? Was that for like um, uh, 
I guess, ladies to do the makeup or something? That must have been, yeah. Which I it guess, must like, have been, like, some kind of, you know, makeup teaching device. It makes sense, like, because they sold, like, the the DS as, like, a life... It was basically, like, a PDA. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because there was a lot of apps and games for it that were just, like, like memos and stuff like that. So they wanted to sell it as, basically, you have one on you at all times, and it just, whatever... You can a kid can have it and play games and their Mario stuff, or you can have it as an adult and like keep notes and keep track of stuff and like use it as a messaging thing. Yeah, because think about how many people that were traditional gamers that bought it for literally just for Doctor Kawashima's brain training. That's thing. My my dad had that. Like yep. Like when we got like our new 3DSs, he got our old DS and put Doctor Kawashima's brain training on it just to play Sudoku. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and like there were there were people like for anyone wondering like though huge market of people that had the DS, which is nearly the greatest selling game console of all time, like a million behind the PS2. Mm-hmm. Um, like, a lot of those people were just people that, yeah, used it as a Sudoku machine. Like, my, I think my mum, she still used one. She got one of those, like, shitty 42 games in one packs for, like, a fiver yeah. from mm-hmm. CX and just played, like, um, uh, like, board games on it. Yeah. And she'd just sit in the front room. And mm-hmm. she still plays it. She gets like I think it's like a there was a coloring game on there where you just you just, oh, okay. just you drag and drop colors, and she just finds it really relaxing. Mm-hmm. She just don't want to play like Candy Crush out on her phone. She's like I just want to I just want to sit here for now and turn my brain off and just yeah, exactly. And it's just yeah, a lot of people did a lot of weird things to try and capitalize on that market, as you say, is like more of like a lifestyle device than anything. Well, I think she had this huge install base, didn't you? Like, think of all the shitty weird apps she got on, like, the first year of the iPhone, like, the pretend to drink a beer app and all that stuff. <laughs> God, yeah. The one that makes a whip crack sound. Which you could just do with your hand. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I'll never forget the video of the guy doing that and his iPhone flies out his hand. It's so fucking good. <laughs> when he tries to do it, it flies out his hand and it's like, you idiot. Oh. That's why you always, um, why you always wear your wrist strap. Oh, God, yeah. I was just listening to um, the Kit and Krista podcast, and they like used to work at Nintendo, mm-hmm. and they were talking about like how much people would get in trouble at like um, promotional events for not putting the wrist straps on and stuff. Because you were representative of the company, you've got to. Yeah, and it's like I c- it, it sounds silly of like you've got to be really strict on like the the wrist strap, but it's like no, because you're promoting that product as like, and that's the safety device for that product. And how many people put a fucking Wii remote through the TV? Oh, or a window? Yep. And that compilation of people destroying their brand new TVs with remotes. <laughs> so, and that's the thing as well, because everyone complains about, this is stupid. It's like, well, did you wear the wrist strap? Well, no. It's, it's like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's why yeah. it's there. That's why there's a big warning screen every time you open up the game. Like, wear your fucking wrist strap, you idiots. So, like, oh, but I won't need one. And then they fucking release the Wii condoms. Do you remember them? Oh, yeah. I hated those. Like, the covers, the big gel make covers nice grippy, that you could yeah. put over to make sure that, like, if you did launch it into your TV, it wouldn't hurt it as much. That happened to me the other day. I went bowling, but I'd moisturised my hands, so the bowling ball went into the next lane. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I've just moisturised. I put some hand cream on and went to bowling. It just shot into the person next to his lane. I'm so sorry. Oh, uh, and this one sounds, again, a little bit strange. We have the slide controller. Um, this connects to the underside of a DS, making the entire device act as an optical mouse. It launched oh, so in like, Japan. Like a, like a mini touchscreen sort of thing? Like similar um, to like a PlayStation where you can rub your thumb on the, the start, maybe? 
So it's similar to a mouse. It has a red LED light located at the bottom of the controller. In order to move Mag Kid across the screen during the game, the player must slide the entire Nintendo DS system with this controller at a slant angle on the table surface. Oh, I can't wait to play that on a bus. What the fuck? And it was just a game for um, the Japanese game Slide Adventure Mag Kid in 2007. You know what, though? That sounds interesting. If someone handed that to me, I'd probably have fun, that's I'd have fun with it for the... half an hour. That that's why I wanted to check this up because there's so many like weird, just accessories for one single game well, yeah, we, so we on the about. DS that just yeah like earlier of like take a risk, mm-hmm. like take make something interesting. It's like no, let's just make a Call of Duty clone. It's like no, yeah, exactly. It's like at least they're doing something different. Might not work. At least they're trying a game where you have to slide your DS across your and you can say that's stupid. That might not work. Well, let's just say you're on the DS, the best-selling console of all time by the PS2, and that took a risk, like the dual-screen clamshell thing. They told them that was stupid. And then mm-hmm. Sony's like, no, people want power. Look at this PSP. And then just that died a death. I mean, the PSP was, like, surprisingly successful by the end of it. It sold more than the 360, I believe. It sold more, but, that's only, but they killed it in the crib by saying, but you can only use our memory cards. And it's like, fuck no, off. That, no, that was the Vita. Oh, the yeah. Vita didn't. The Vita was like the same sales as the Wii U or something. Oh yeah, because like I think they had their own thing, but you could buy a very cheap adapter that was like an official adapter that let like, you put just a 128 gig um, mm. SD in there if you wanted to, which is what I think what I've got for my PSP. Because I've got like a PSP behind that I download all my PS3 games onto before like, forget, the PS3 Carl, store shut down. The weird proprietary thing Sony did with the PSP was the UMD. The balls to call it the Universal <laughs> Media Disc, and it only works with their console. It only worked with one thing ever. And that's the, well, the they most owned, universal device. They owned mini discs. Use mini discs were awesome. I loved mini discs. Yeah. Like mini discs. Are they the same the... mini discs as like the GameCube? No, mini discs. Remember the little square things? They were the basically it was the stopgap between oh, cassettes yeah. and CDs because CDs were cheap, but they scratched. And cassettes mm-hmm. were again they were cheap, and you could re-record a, a cassette tape. So. People don't know the mini disc was an attempt by Sony to create a hybrid, so it had the like the mass production and like solid build quality of a cassette tape, where all the stuff that's valuable is inside, um, mm. with the memory of a CD, but then the re-recordability of a cassette. And one of the things that you could do with a mini disc player is you could just like endlessly rewrite the discs inside. So it was essentially like. And the problem is, like, it came out at the same time, like, MP3s were just taking off. And it's like, one MP3 player, it had, like, I think they started, like, 128 meg. You get, like, 15 songs on there. Mini disc, you could have, like, 20 songs on each disc and carry as many discs as you want and re-record infinitely. Mm. The problem was, it's just they cost too much money and just MP3 players just shut down in price. But it was and such an interesting, is, like, stopgap. Yeah, it is. Um, like, it's always interesting to see those, like, little failed attempts but it, it, the it, new was tech a good, it was such a good idea though, yeah mm-hmm. and it's just that thing like it never took off but i always thought they looked really cool because they were like the size of like an sp mm. and as well because they said cds they skip cds skip don't they they like, did when they scratched a lot yeah, yeah. and and just when they got moved around mini disc players didn't skip because it was just a solid encased inside the thing and that my brother had one and it was so satisfying because they'd open up like <laughs> do do do, and you put the thing in, they could snap that down, oh, and it looks so right. satisfying yeah. to yeah. use. Because I'd like that mechanical tactile feedback of like you'd snap it in, then you press the button, and you do it, go woo, 
Yeah, because you bring in like half memories back to me because I had a couple of friends that had like used them, but I'd never had one. And like, I didn't realize that CDs would skip because I never had like a Walkman or anything. I did, I didn't and I realized remember, that they yeah. would skip if you just moved them around. And so they just look really cool. Mm. They just look really cool. And um, it's death. funny because I just like read on a little bit while we're talking about mm-hmm. that then. And the the next one is like it's funny the idea of it, but it does make sense. Is like a TV tuner. Oh, again, doesn't sound um, very useful yeah, now, but back in the day, it's just a little. Um, oh, okay, yeah, the top screen you watch um, TV on, the bottom screen is touch screen used to change channels, and it literally was just like you could watch a TV. little mini external antenna that you could watch TV on. Makes yeah. perfect sense. Remember that for your kids as well. Like, oh, we're watching. Let's be mm. watching TV. Here's your DS. Go watch TV on this. They can watch. put yeah. your headphones in, watch some Pokemon while your parents watch the news. Because that was still probably around the same time where people were still using those little portable TVs as well. Yeah. Again, another yeah. great device, but it was like we just combined all the technology into one thing. Um, it's, yeah. It's great, this. The next one doesn't need to exist, Carl, because of the one after it. Which is? The activity meter... Is a pedometer included with personal trainer walking? I thought the DS also had that known by as walk with me in Europe. I thought the DS had like all the health stuff in by default, right? No, was not a lot 3D, of it. Was no. that the 3DS? We had the step. A counter? lot of the 3DS had all that kind of stuff. Yeah, because yeah, it had the step counter and it had uh, the Nintendo. Was the thing where you like you'd walk past people, street path, right? The street path, and it'd tell yeah. how long you'd walked, and like the more you'd walk, you get rewards and stuff. It's like, oh, if if it wasn't such a drain on battery. Street Pass would be so excellent to bring back, but it, it did drain your battery. So you just kept your thing on in the background the entire time, didn't it? And sending out a signal at all times as well, yeah. Uh, but the reason that you don't need to care about the activity meter, Carl, can you remember what came out? No. This similar to, uh, you know, the activity walker pedometer. Oh, was it like Wii Fit? No, the poker walker. Oh, in which case, then, why the fuck would you give a shit? That's just a, exactly. Did you ever see this all that breakdown of? Because I remember doing an article once about silly devices that actually work better than purpose-built yes. ones, and the Poker Walker was more and a more accurate pedometer than purpose-built pedometers put out by like lifestyle companies. And you could also play at Pokemon. the time. It was weirdly one of the most accurate pedometers to exist. Yeah, and there's been tests to show like people don't know a pedometer. It's just it's how many steps you've had, and they're not perfect. They can be fooled no. by stuff like you know driving in a car on a bumpy road. For the most part, they don't fall flat much anymore, but they did. Mm. And the poker one, they did a test of like which one's the most accurate, and the poker walker was just as good as, if not better, than ones that were purpose-built and cost three, four times as much. And you could transfer your Pokemon from hot, hot yeah. gold and soul silver And the same is true with um, other accessories, including the uh, the Wiimote was one of the best like um, hand detector things. Like purpose-built... Um, uh, right. What they called now when you got point things, um, like, like the not laser points. But do you like those? What I mean of like those uh, like handhold controllers they'd use for like um, meetings and stuff. Mm. And there's a word yeah. for it, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. But they did the test with the Wii U version of that. That was better. The Wii Balance Board was one of the most effective um, uh, scales. Do you think? Well, scales are yes. scales, right? But the Wii U scales was or the Wii. Fit scales are some of the most accurate digital scales available on the market, and they cost less than purpose-built scales that you could buy for, like, you know, medical purposes. And it's to the point where they sometimes have them in doctor's offices because <laughs> they were more accurate. Can you imagine you go into a doctor's office 
and he's just got like we fit up on the TV and it's like right we're gonna measure how fat you are and then your knee turns obese and it's like oh no you're overweight I still there's that legendary one though that guy who said that he got in shape because he had a crush on we fit trainer then he's he got <laughs> he got so, he got so in shape that he got a girlfriend and his girlfriend deleted his week data because she was jealous of how much time he'd spent exercising and he got really depressed he says obviously it's just like we fit trainer just this like you know I guess she's attra- like she is attracted by every measure of thing, like you know. In in the sense that both like the she's male and female we fit trainers were like designed to be the most like you know I guess like ideal body type, quote unquote. And her voice was specifically designed to be non-judgmental. And a lot of people... soothing and relaxing as well, yeah. And just yeah, the guy got a crush on him, and he's he got a girlfriend when he got in shape, and she deleted his data because she didn't like how much he was spending on we fit. You feel bad for that guy because obviously that helps him get in shape. Yeah, and um, yeah, the pedometer here just says the poker walker was so accurate compared to other pedometers that the um, technical design had been reused to work for other titles such as We Fit You, and um, which is compatible with the Fit Meter pedometer and accessory chairs and the hardware and design with the poker walker. So they just took the insides of that and went, "We've already made the perfect pedometer." Just Whack it in something else. The problem as well, selling the pedometer was really difficult because you just you got to sell something. Like, think about how stupid people are. We're selling this thing with uh, it's a Pokemon accessory called the Pedometer that tracks you, and that's a re- people well, got that's, people that's got why mad it's called at that. the Poker Walker. Yeah, not the Pedometer. Yeah, and, and people um, think I'm making that up. There was a period in time where just like that was just a hot button issue, and it was the oh, point really? where in the UK at the height of like pedo panic which is like an actual thing I studied in media. Mm-hmm. Pediatricians in the UK got their windows put through with bricks by people who thought that they were pedophiles. And it's like, one, I'm not. Jesus. And two, if I was, why would I put a sign outside my place of business <laughs> saying it? Which is, is that classic thing of like, the people who believe that are so fucking stupid. They believe that everyone is at least as stupid as they are. So like, well, I, mm-hmm. I fell for it, so it has to be real, right? Yeah. They, they cannot possibly fathom that people are smarter than them. So they must think that, of course, they'd walk around with a big sign on their business that says it. And they would like yell at like um, uh, when pedometers were coming a thing. It's like, oh, there's a new device that tracks where you're going and it can help you keep fit. It's like, why do I buy a pedometer? It's like, yeah. And moving on moving from on, sorry, that car. That's just one of those things that just, it cracks me up of how stupid people are. Well, I just lost my shit because learn with Pokemon Typing Adventure, known in Japan as Battle and Get Pokemon Typing DS, it used um, a little keyboard, a wireless Nintendo keyboard. And as far as I can tell from the box art, it's a Bluetooth wireless keyboard, and it looks like it's a full keyboard that you like connect to your DS. Thing is, though, right, with a little Bluetooth wireless device. Will that ever be better though than the GameCube control with the no, full keyboard won't. in the middle? No. <laughs> Which I still want to get. Mm. Those things are amazing. Oh god, I still want to get that. It's, it's so one of the good. best things ever made. Um, we got the DS direction sensing card, which was a a DS slot compass. You just put it into your DS to make a compass. Just look into the magnetic sky. Sand. Just look at the sun. <laughs> um, there's a Wi-Fi USB connector, uh, stylus. See, those uh, are the ones that they never anticipated because cover. they're the ones that let people like homebrew it out there. 
like those devices yeah, that basically yeah. let you turn your DS into like a mini computer is how they got into it and broke into it without um, uh, cracking it open. Exactly. And there is like a bit at the bottom here, which is, you know, like um, hacking and homebrew, but I'm sure the people who know about hacking and homebrew already know about these kind of things. So we're going to skip over those stuff. They also never shut the fuck up about it. Exactly. As ever, um, the most legendary hard drive article of like, why would you buy a Nintendo um, NES Mini when you could um, uh, make a Raspberry Pi and just never shut the fuck up about it? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, and then all the comments, people are like, no, it's actually really good. It's like, you're proving the point. Proving the point. Uh, and then, of course, Carl, uh, licensed third-party accessories. Can you guess what's at the top of the list? Third-party accessories. It's going to have to be the Guitar Hero one, right? It is the Guitar Grip, of course. It was such an interesting idea. Such an interesting idea. Like it for anyone that isn't aware, and like think of um, you know, your guitar hero buttons. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got like five, you know, going Frets. from like you know green down to orange, um, and that's how you're like you know you held the thing and then mm-hmm. strummed on the the uh, the strum bar of the guitar hero controller. And what they did for the DS is in the Game Boy Advance cartridge slot. You plug in the guitar grip, mm-hmm. and it's got four coloured buttons that you hold, and then you use a little pick that's designed for the stylus that's to strum. strum on the screen while you hold the buttons on this Game Boy Advance pack. Genius. Just hold it sideways, use those four little like buttons as your Guitar Hero buttons, and then strum on the screen. Genius. It's like, that's such a cool idea. Yeah, what a flawless way to um, uh, just use that idea in a different format. To, like, translate Guitar Hero over to a portable device, yeah. Like, fantastic. And it's like, that's something you can only do on a DS because the dual screens for, like, you know, the touch screen at the bottom and then the, the notes mm-hmm. on the top and then holding it sideways with a Game Boy Advance slot and having the game in a DS slot. Like, there's not really anything else that can do that. And one of the things that Nintendo's always been really good at is it sounds complicated, but if you hand that to someone and they have any, they have the remotest idea of what a guitar is, they can play that game. Or just what Guitar Hero is, yeah. yeah. yeah that's the idea of Guitar Hero, wasn't it? Of like, you can hand it to someone within 30 seconds, they'll be playing the game. Oh, and then there's also the, the Band Hero DS drum skin. See, the drum which one, is a, that sounds fun. Oh, it, it was a piece of rubberized silicon that slipped over a DS Lite is designed to better enable the feel of rapidly playing the drums rather than tapping on drum icons on the DS touchscreen. So I, I guess instead of the click and like, clack of like a touchscreen, it it's a... like a more soft feel of hitting a drum. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's such a bizarre little thing. Well, someone out I never knew about been, that. Someone out there must have wanted that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe no one wanted that shit. I don't know. So these but, are the, uh, these are the kind of things I'm going to buy you one day. Like one day when Wiki Weekends takes off, I'll buy you one. <laughs> like I wish I had a collection of all this weird shit. Oh yeah. I, so I said I want that GameCube like keyboard one. I mm. want it in my house, but I want to like customize it to make it into an RGB keyboard so it glows. <laughs> and every time I get a smash, it just comes up like eat my ass or something like that on the keyboard. I'm like, yeah. See, I'd I'd love to learn to like modify controllers and make it like you know the the transparent plastic mm-hmm. of like the nineties, like the N sixty four controllers and stuff. See, I like the cool, colourful, see through controllers. So I'd want that, but I'd want to fill it up with like um, uh, like baked beans or something. I do those controllers well, where people make them look really. <laughs> I mean, so no one wants to touch them. 
I don't know if you saw the there was like a line recently of um switch controllers that came out and I think it was like Power A maybe made them and they were see through and they had little um figurines and stuff in the handles. Yeah, yeah. So there's like a little Sonic figurine inside of the controller and shit. So I want so one like, that was like liquid inside. Do you want that colour <laughs> change that cool. colour changing liquid from like a mood ring? Mm. Something like that. Yeah. Or like um when people fill their computers up with like the like clear oils or whatever mm-hmm. so that the PC can still run but it looks like it's underwater. Mm-hmm. That shit would be really cool in just that controller. Um and then there's also a paddle controller made by Taito. Is that so you can like um, pretend to paddle? Or is it like paddles so in like pulling the paddles? It was a paddle controller that's a mini version of arcade knob controllers like with Pong. Oh, so you know, like, like the, the little twisty circle paddle, okay. um, and it was for like... Arkanoid DS, Space Invaders Extreme One and Two, and Space Buster Move. I guess as well, like if you're like a fan of those old school games and you want to get the most accurate representation of them yeah. possible, because that's the kind of thing my dad would love. Because that's really cool. Is the idea like what? How do you emulate the i? You know the feeling of those paddle games from the old arcade machines. It's like. Well, on the DS, we can literally just insert one into the system. Or you could, like I said, get a Raspberry Pi and just never shut the fuck up. <laughs> Which is still my, one of my favourite hard drive articles. It's so good. Oh, Carl. Go on, give me it. This is a game I didn't know existed. Let's go. Tony Hawk's Motion uses a motion-sensing peripheral option pack called the Motion Pack. Inserted into the Game Boy Advance slot, it's a method of control that is compatible with... Tony Hawk's Motion and Hugh Pixel Painter. So if I'm not using it and putting my, like, if I'm not, like, kick-flipping my DS, yeah. what's the point? <laughs> Do you know, like, tech... like, spinning your DS yeah. around in the air, like, Whoa. Do you remember those, like, tech deck things? Those, like, f- little tiny little mini yes. skateboards? I want that with my DS. It's like, woo! Which apparently is still a thing. Have you seen that? Tech decks are. They're still a thing. They do tournaments for them. It's like, you go watch the tournaments and people do, like, proper full tricks with them. I was gonna say that's that's the kind of thing like yo-yos where they've been around for like They'll thirty years like and people have got real good at it. So yeah, that legendary um, video of that guy who was like in a bathroom and like he just he gets the tech deck and goes <laughs> underneath the stall to play near someone's feet and the guy just goes, "What the fuck are you doing?" And you see like fifteen tech decks come down. And it's like, oh, there was a uh, blood glucose meter. <laughs> Of course, di- uh, it was developed by the diabetic um, on the go. <laughs> Bayer Healthcare, together with Paul Wessels. So I want that. I want to do that and then do a run on Guitar Hero with my diabetic meter. So I have to keep eating Mars bars. It's cool. It is essentially an upgraded version of the Gluco Boy for the Game Boy Advance. So I want to try and speed run Pokemon with my blood sugar levels. <laughs> it's like, and here you go. It's like, well, like, imagine if they said, like, I guess that's a really, like, actually useful device. It is, yeah. And it's like, I think for a kid as well. Because this sounds stupid. Mm-hmm. You think, well, about a little kid, then like, they might forget their, like, but here's your thing. Once a day, you plug this in, you check it. If it's wrong, come back to your parents. Yeah. Um, so we're making fun of it, but obviously, it's someone out there needed that, and I'm glad that it, they had access to it. Yeah, it came with a pack in game entitled. Knock 'em down world's fair. 
developed by Sensory Sweep Studios, which is a series of minigames where players are rewarded with bonuses and power-ups should they regularly check their blood sugar levels. I was going to say, like, don't reward people having a bad or a low or high blood sugar. No, no, no. But it's like rewarding kids for, for checking actually making sure they check their blood levels. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's it sounds like a stupid thing, but it's actually... Like, we realise that that is a an actually good device that encourages kids to look after themselves. It's like those apps that like teach kids to brush their teeth and stuff, isn't it? Of, like, it just, Pokemon it, Teeth, yeah. yeah. Plays a mini game. Or Smile. Pokemon Smile, yeah. Like, well, this is a stupid Pokemon game. It's like, just to remind kids to brush their teeth. Like, do you know how to brush, yeah, you know brush your teeth? Yeah, well, don't play the game then. Um, so maybe they'll make Pokemon Don't Be an Asshole and you'll play that. <laughs> Go on, what we got? Um... There was the Magic Reader, which was an option pack manufactured by Konami. Um, it came with Jushinden Ultimate Beast Battlers, a card game similar to Yu-Gi-Oh! And the cards were read by tapping them on top of the Magic Reader device. They never, like, if they'd have built a fucking dual gauntlet for your DS, that's yeah. what I want. And I want to be like... <laughs> Just scan all my Yu-Gi-Oh! cards. Because do you remember those old, like... On, like, the Game Boy Advance. You, you could, put the number in, yeah. You could put the number of your card... And it'd bring it up in-game, ...into game, yeah. the game and bring them into the game. And you could just... You could really break those games because you'd look up you'd online, be like, yeah, what's a code for a Blue Eyes? And you like, five Blue Eyes. <laughs> just, like, some of those games you had no restrictions on it. So you'd enter, like, you know, stage one, and you just have the ultimate deck already. And so that's just what, like... That's right, Lucas. Three Monster Reborns. <laughs> I still think it might, one of my favourite things about Yu-Gi-Oh is that one of the most banned cards ever is just Reborn the Monster of all the bullshit in that game the two most broken things right. are bring your monster back and draw two yeah. cards because they're just so simple they're so yeah. broken yeah just three pot greens three Reborn the Monsters and just 15 blue eyes let's, let's go there are of course uh, there's the piano keyboard that seems like that's excessive supported titles easy piano it's, it's like, yep, that, that's a thing. It it's probably just is. It's probably a, a thirteen tool. key piano yep. that slots into your DS. It's probably a tool for teaching kids scales. Like if you've got Maybe. a kid who's learning piano, it's like just here's an mm. easy way. Just sit down, play for fifteen minutes. Similar to like Dr. Kawashima's brain training or something. <laughs> we got oh, Carl. What the Bay Point Reader and Bay Pointer? Is this like Beyblades? This is for Beyblades. That's awesome. Um, the Bay Point Reader and Bay Point Option Pack acted as an adapter that connected to the DS game to be up to a Bay Pointer. It attaches to a Beyblade launcher, keeps track of the player's top spinning Beyblade in both real life and the Nintendo DS game. And you can put it. The thing is, that I was thinking, does it let you Beyblade with like attached to the thing? And then the faster you do it, the faster you go in game. That's cool. Like, I, th- I think it literally reads your Beyblade in real life and converts that into the game. That's awesome. And it's supported by five different Beyblade DS games. Yeah, because like Beyblade, we talked about it once in the thing, like it got a lot of support. Like it's a thing that continues to exist. Like mm-hmm. like Yu-Gi-Oh, like maybe not Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh is still popular, but like like Yo-Yoing, where it never really went away. Yeah. And it's still popular now, but you know. Cause we're people in the thirties that don't keep up with Beyblade, we didn't realise as much, but yeah. it never went away. It's just that sounds incredibly cool, and I'm so mad. Imagine being a kid. I well, didn't yeah. know about that as a kid. Being a kid who's into that and getting that, of course. Like, because this was the yes, I was a kid. I was paying, playing with Beyblades 
when these games were coming out. See, what you should do though is like, now you play Beyblade on the, the touch screen. I thought that's what it was. <laughs> and it detects it. It's like, duh, 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 duh. Oh. And then um, we can round this out with what we talked about earlier the solar sensors. Mm-hmm. Um, Lunar Knights added a solar sensor functionality by utilizing the three Boktai games in slot two mm-hmm. as option packs. Each game offered a different function in relation to the energy taken from the sun. Which is just a great sentence. Yeah. Um, so, Solar Sensor, Solar Sensor Version 1. Um, by inserting Boktai, the sun is in your hand. The character will fill his uh, energy slot. By inserting uh, Boktai to Solar Boy Django, the character will fill his life. And by inserting Shinbakura no Tayo, uh, Gyakushu... No Sabata? Some, I'm trying some my word, best. Some word. Uh, the standby character will fill his trance meter. So just, yeah, three different GBA cartridges that you slot in to just refill your meters while you're standing in the sun. Yep. Which must have felt that's... so fucking cool, like reloading your DS. Yeah, that's so rad. That tactile feedback thing. It's like, um, I'm a big fan of light gun shooters. It's not really a thing anymore, because... I think it's something with mm-hmm. TVs don't really work the right way with light gun shooters, no, do they? No, you need like CRTs to be able to work properly with like it, yeah. A, something like a Wii sensor. But I always say the best light gun shooter is House of the Dead 3, because that's the one with the shotgun. <laughs> and it's the one with the full, and it's heavy. It's like almost full size. And to reload it, you have to cock the shotgun. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And obviously everyone's like, well, you don't do that. Like, you shoot off screen because it's quicker. It's like, well, you're no fun. And I don't yeah. want to play House of the Dead with you. Like, the point of the light gun games is to have this cool gun in your hand and emulate it. It's like, why would you take the fun out of it? Yeah, it's like people who play light gun shooters and don't duck when your character ducks. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> You've got to get right into it. Or if, like, if you don't yeah, pick up two pistols, I'm like, pew, 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 just John Wick it. Oh, I love that. Trying to play the light gun game two-player mode by yourself. Like, bah, bah, bah. It always feels rad. I just remember seeing that video go viral a couple of years back of like someone playing like Time Crisis perfectly on both screens yeah. and people just losing their shit for this dude like yes oh but uh, yeah there's a list of like a few extra accessories that like third party ones and then hacking and homebrew stuff but it's like we've talked plenty enough yeah. about the weird and wonderful world of DS accessories but yeah it might be fun to, to pull up another wiki at some point of like although ones because i knew the ds had some weird shit it did and it's so weird as well because it's so small like the mm-hmm. creativity that's something that small um engendered is really it's really quite um uh, like fascinating yeah just the fact that having one extra cartridge slot available to do weird and wacky shit with mm. just opened up people's brains and they put some bullshit in there and i'm i'm so glad that some of that stuff exists because i didn't know about some of these and the oh this this made me happy. Like someone Just out talking there, about weird shit. Someone out there had an interesting idea and they saw it through. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee as well, at least one of those things was just someone had a kid and they wanted their... Like, I bet that glucose one is just someone had a kid with diabetes. and just wanted That's what it was, yeah. Um, just a dad with um, a kid who had diabetes wanted to, to make a device. And he just thought that like would help kids. Just slot it into the DS. Yeah. And it's like, what? how do I you know, encourage my kid with diabetes to look after themselves and that's just a really cool story and it's like it reminds me of a uh, the the like the wee uh 
the Wii sensor that was like the Wii Vitality sensor or something, mm-hmm. which would like read your um, heartbeat, and they never released it, and they showed it off in like E3. They were like, if you play a horror game while wearing this and your heart rate goes up, then the game will scare you more. Yeah. And they realized that's probably a bad idea. <laughs> Just causing people literal heart attacks at home. But I bet you as well, that technology was probably really good. I bet the technology mm-hmm. to track your heartbeat was really accurate. And it would have been really useful for something like Wii Fit. I think Wii Fit could track a lot of stuff, but not that, right? It could track like... It couldn't, it couldn't track your heartbeat. But it could track like your... The one that I remember being like my mind blown by is it can track um, whether or not you stood properly. Yeah, because it, it, it was, it detect a, it was how... a balance board. It could check like your posture and stuff. Yeah, and it'd be like, are you stand? Are you slouched too far to the side? Is like you know you got, which is the thing people maybe don't realize. It's like okay, you you're standing slightly on like your right foot. Mm-hmm. Do you suffer from like a bad back at all? It's like yeah, so you should probably stand up straight then because you're putting all your weight on one side. You should probably even that out. And you might be subconsciously doing that, it and is. then yeah, they used it for like all of the yoga on it. Yeah, um, some where you did your yoga pose, and it's like nope, your weight's shifted to the left or right, which is unhealthy. Or forward and back. Yeah, yeah. Maintain good form. Yeah, that's really cool. Let's stretch those shoulders. Let's do that's it. That's the one. that we fit. So let's stretch those shoulders. I always remember that one. Or like if she's in Smash That's Bros. That's only because it's a torn in Smash. Yeah. That's why you remember that one. Oh, and she goes into like the full fucking pencil and she can just support, yeah. like she can just Emily Blunt all the way. Uh, uh, thank you for going on this wild adventure with us, everyone. What an adventure it was. Cheers, everybody. It was indeed. Um, yeah, if, you know, let us know, I guess, if you want to hear uh, another set of weird accessories for other consoles, but it's been a fun time. There's so many. Yeah, just, you know, do the, the like, shares, subscribes, all that jazz if you don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a nice share would be useful. It's free. And we'll see you all next time. Thank you all.